It's good to see each of you tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we will get started. Father, we're glad to be here tonight, at least I trust that we are. I pray that you would bless now the effort to preach your word. I pray that you would help me to convey uh, what needs to be said, and Lord, that you just help us to give attention to it. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Hosea chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. Hosea chapter 1. I'll give you just a minute to find your place there. I think most of you will remember that last week we began looking at this book called Hosea. And I said then, I don't know how long we'll be in this study. I still have no ideas to how long we'll be here, but we'll be here until I'm led otherwise. But last week we talked about how Hosea was a prophet of God sent to the children of Israel, and he had a message of judgment for the children of Israel. And the reason was given as to why Israel would one day be judged, why they would one day know the wrath of God. And it's found in the last part of verse number two, where it says of them that they had departed from the Lord, meaning they had turned away from the authority of God in their lives. And before that, it said of the people of Israel that the land had committed whoredoms. So they had not been faithful to God as they went about their daily lives. And so last week, in trying to make some application, I just reminded us that it's not right for us to place ourselves in the position of Israel. That's not what we're allowed to do, yet God is consistent in his nature, and God is consistent in his dealings with people. And so what I was trying to convey to us last week is this, is as America is turning away from God and his authority, it is going to bring about the judgment of God on our land. It's just something that is unavoidable because of the consistent nature of God. And so what our desire needs to be is to be among the remnant, to be among those who take serious the word of God, who take serious a desire to live according to the word of God and not be one who has turned from him. So that's what we talked about last week. And tonight we're just going to look at a little bit more and I, I want to begin with a story that the more I've thought about it, the more convinced I am that I have shared this in the past. My hope now is that you have forgotten the story, okay? Since I'm repeating it, it's my hope that you have forgotten the story. <clears throat> and if you have not forgotten the story, then it's my hope that I tell it the same way twice. And uh, we're just going to see how this goes. But no matter what, I think you'll get the point of it. So I'll begin by saying this, that most of you know that Susie teaches music at the Christian school here in town. She's done that for a few years, and uh, as is common in a school, uh, in the music department, whatever classes it would involve, at some point they put on a program the students do. And so the little Christian school is no different. They put on some kind of a program every year, and as is normally the case, there are parts that need to be filled by the students. And you know what this means. There are singing parts, there are speaking parts, whatever it may be. And each year, Susie has students who want nothing to do with it. They don't want to sing, they don't want to, they don't want to speak. If they could somehow get out of the whole program, they would be extremely happy to do so. 
But of course, every year there are students who want to have a part in the program. And you know this, so I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, I'm just trying to remind us of this, that there are main parts, main speaking roles, things of that nature, and then there are roles of a lesser importance or lesser significance, and, and they don't have as many lines or whatever it may be. And so this one particular year, tryouts were being done for the different parts, and Susie and the teachers handed out the parts to each of the students who had tried out. And apparently, one of the kids did not like the part that they had been given. Now, you understand that there's nothing wrong with the child not liking the part that they had been given. But here's what happened. They went home and apparently expressed great displeasure in the part that they had been given. And so on a Sunday afternoon, the mother of the child shows up at our house to take Susie to task over why their daughter did not get the role that she had tried out for. Needless to say, Susie was not happy that the mom showed up on our front porch on a Sunday afternoon. You understand that? But one of Susie's thoughts and expression of feelings in all of this was, can't you just teach your daughter to be happy with the part that she's got? You know, I mean, she got a part. So can't she just be happy with that part that she got? And you understand that that principle, that, that idea can be applied in many different areas of life. You know, not everybody gets to be the quarterback on the team. The quarterback is the one that gets all the attention and gets all the glory if things go well, but not everyone gets to be the quarterback. At work, not everyone gets to be the boss. Sometimes you need people in other positions just doing other things, and yet sometimes it can be hard for people to accept that they're not the main speaker in the school program or they're not the quarterback on the team or whatever position they want it to be or they're not the boss and the thoughts can continue for a long time. People struggle with that reality. Now that in mind, let me just say one more time who Hosea was. Hosea was a prophet of God. And he had shown up where he was sent to the people of Israel with, as I just reminded us of, this message of judgment. Now, I'm probably going to say this repeatedly throughout the sermon tonight and throughout the next few sermons. I want to say this and be very clear. I know that I am no Hosea, okay? I am not Hosea. I wouldn't put myself on the same level of Hosea. I don't believe for a moment that God is using me in the same way or manner in which he used Hosea. But I would say this, that as Hosea has been sent by God to the people of Israel with a message from judgment, or with a message of judgment, that is not a message you enjoy preaching all the time. It would be so much more fun to just preach and to teach and to declare positive, happy thoughts. You know, 
God loves you, and God loves you, and God loves you, and God's pleased with you, and God thinks you're doing great, and God thinks you're wonderful. That would be so much more fun to teach and to preach, but it's not always the case. Sometimes you just have to bring what is a negative sermon or a negative truth. And so here is Hosea, and that's what God has commissioned him to do. And at the same time, there was something in this text that we're going to look at this morning, or that, that look at this evening, that I missed last week, and I've missed it every time I've read through the scripture. And that is this: is that Hosea did not enjoy a preaching ministry like that of Jonah. Okay. Now, you may say, well, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, let's think about the preaching ministry of Jonah. Where was he sent? He was sent to the land of Nineveh, correct? And his message was simple. God is going to overturn or overthrow and destroy this land if there is no repentance. And he preached that message for three days. Okay? Well, if you'll notice there in verse number one, here's what it says. It says, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of, well, just a moment, the son of Beri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Now, if you, if you think about this, if you look there in verse number one, and you think about how it says that Hosea was sent and that he was sent during the reign of these kings, here is what you find is that Hosea preached year after year after year after year. Here is what the scholars tell us, that when you add up the years of the kings that Hosea served under or preached through, that it comes up to around 60 years of a preaching ministry and the land of Israel. Now again, think about that for just a moment. Doing anything, as I've said before, for 60 years is a long time. It is a tremendously long time to do this for 60 years. And so, so, so just try to wrap your mind around this. For 60 years, Hosea is preaching a message of judgment. He is preaching a message of repentance. And for 60 years, it is falling on deaf ears. For 60 years, people are not changing their ways. For 60 years, people are not altering what they are doing. So for 60 years, here is Hosea at different times. However, the ministry would have looked, we don't know. But for 60 years, here is Hosea lifting up his voice. And people are completely dismissing him, having no regard for it. Again, continuing on in the way they want to live. Friends, you know this, that it's hard enough to do anything for 60 years. But try doing something for 60 years with the constant state of rejection hanging over your head. I think every one of us would have to agree that that would be a miserable position to find yourself in. I think I can say with some measure of certainty, again, not being Hosea, I think that would be very discouraging. I think that would be overwhelming at times. You know, to lay down in your bed again at night knowing 
I, I preached what I felt like I was supposed to preach. I declared what I felt like I was supposed to declare. I, I said what I believe God has laid on my heart, and still no response and still no answers. I, I can only imagine the thoughts of discouragement he must have wrestled with day after day after week after week, again, year after year after year. How miserable. But not only that, it gets worse. You say it gets worse? Yes, it gets worse than preaching for 60 years and seeing no real response. Notice what it says in verse number 2. In verse number 2, we read these words, The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So here's what God said to Hosea in the early days of his life, in the early days of his ministry. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and take a wife of whoredoms. Well, what does that mean? Well, a whore in their day was a prostitute. Obviously someone who was very immoral and promiscuous. Now, now who is Hosea? Hosea is a prophet. Does this make sense? Hosea is a prophet, and, and he's being commissioned by God to go to the people of Israel and declare this message of judgment. And here is what God says, for the sake of imagery, for the sake of showing the people of Israel what's happened, here is what I want you to do. I want you to marry a whore. I want you to marry a prostitute to reflect what Israel has done to me. Now, Hosea is a prophet of God. Let's think about this. Could the worlds be any more different between a prophet of God and a prostitute? Well, you would hope not. I mean, you would hope that there's a vast distinction between the prophet and the prostitute. And so I would have to think if Hosea is this young man who is entering into this, this bond of marriage and you're one who has been serving God or trying to serve God, the last person you're thinking about spending the rest of your life with, as far as you can tell, is some prostitute. But that's exactly what God tells him to do. So I, I want us to think about this. Here is Hosea, and God says, here is the role I have for you. In the grand scheme of things, Hosea, here is where I want to plug you in. I want to send you to the territory of Israel... I want you to preach a message of judgment that no one will respond to. You will do this for 60 years in spite of whatever discouragement you may deal with or wrestle with. And in, in addition to all that, here's what I also want you to do to help make a point. Go out and marry a prostitute. Do you think Hosea could have wrestled with that to an extent? I think it's obvious that, that Hosea could have said, you know, God, that's really not the role I want in life. 
you know, God, that's really not what I would want for my life. God, that's not really what, what I desire for my life. And, and we could understand that if that was the response of Hosea. But notice what it says in verse number 3. It says, So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare him a son. So what did God say? God said, go get a prostitute and marry her. And Hosea, rather than showing up at the front door, so to speak, saying, God, I don't like that, it just says that he went out and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim. Obviously, she became his wife, and she bare him a son. Now, what's the point? The point is simple, and you probably see this already, but here's the point. God said, this is the role I am assigning you. Hosea, this is what I want you to do, and Hosea did it. Now, why is that important? It's important for this reason. Hosea had a will just like you and I have a will. Hosea had the same freedom as an individual as you and I have got, which means this. Hosea could have looked at what God wanted of him and said, no, I'm not doing that. I, I, listen, God, I want to serve you, but I do not want to marry a prostitute. That's not what I have in mind. It's important that we see the response of Hosea because he could have rebelled against God's wishes for his life just like anyone else. At any point in that 60-year ministry, Hosea could have said, I've had enough and I'm done with this and I'm just not going to do this anymore. But what did Hosea do? He just stayed faithful to the role that God gave him. Now tonight, as we think about that, the application is simple. We're not going to spend a long time on this, and you're going to get home early tonight, so just enjoy that thought as we walk through this, okay? But tonight, I want us to think about this truth that every one of us have a role that God has given us. Every one of us have a role that God has given us. It is no accident that you and I are living right now. And if we have followed the Lord to really any extent at some point in the past, we could say this, it's no mistake that we live where we live right now doing what we're doing. God has placed us here on this earth, at this time, on purpose, he has placed us where we're at, on this earth, in this moment, for a purpose. God has a role for every one of us. And I don't even mean that in an ultra-spiritual fashion. Just God has a role for you. Now, as we think about that, 
you know this as well as I do, that we don't always like the role that God gives us. Sometimes we look at what God has called us to do and we say, God, I don't like it. God, that's not what I want. God, that's not what I would desire. God, that's, that, that, that's, just, that, that's not my dream. That's not my ambition. And, and I want to, again, be clear on this. That's okay. We don't have to like the role all the time. Does that make sense? We don't always have to like it. I was visiting with someone this week on the phone, and, and they're a few years ahead of me, obviously, and, and they've been doing this, this job that they've got for 40 years now. And here's what they said to me in visiting with me. They said, you know, I don't always like this. And I thought, well, duh. I can only imagine that you don't always like your job, that you don't always like what it is you're doing. But they followed it up by saying to the extent or, or to, the, to, to this intent but I know that this is where I'm supposed to be, so I'm just going to keep doing it, okay? I, I, I know that, that we don't always like the role that God gives us, and we don't always have to like the role that God gives us. But we need to remember this. It's still expected of us to take whatever that role is and be obedient to it. So if God says, Kyle, this is what I have for your life, I may not like every day of it, which I don't because I'm no different than anyone else, but it's my responsibility to just be obedient to that role and to that assignment. It's not my responsibility to, to gripe about it. Okay, so, so God says to me, Kyle, this is your responsibility, or this is the role that I'm giving you. That is my responsibility then to be obedient, and whatever role God has you in, it is your responsibility to just be obedient. Just accept it and move on. Again, you'll have days that you don't like it. You'll have days that you don't enjoy it. You'll have days that you'll think to yourself, I'd rather quit and just do a thousand different other things. But that is not your prerogative. You don't get to do that and not be right with God, at least. So God gives us a role. We don't always have to like it. We don't always have to enjoy it, but we do have to fulfill it in order to be obedient. Because God really does have a bigger picture in mind that he's trying to accomplish. He really does. You know, again, it's kind of like Susie is the music teacher. She's got the bigger picture in mind more so than a 8, 9, 10-year-old student or their crying mother. Okay, God has a bigger picture in mind, and so I hope this is coming out clearly. We have to do that role, whatever it is, recognizing God is doing bigger things than what we can see or understand. So let's just take what he gives us and say, okay, 
and move on. Again, here's the struggle sometimes, here's the the battle we face sometimes, and, and maybe I say we like you're a part of this, maybe you're not, maybe it's just me and a couple of other people, I don't know. But have you ever found yourself getting bent out of shape about your role? You know, if we're not careful, us not liking our role can turn into bitterness. discontentment. It can turn into a cynical spirit to where you're just whatever. Just going through the motions and not really applying ourselves to it. I have no idea. Obviously, I have no idea what your thoughts and your feelings are right now? I don't. You may be in a role right now that you absolutely love. You may say, this is great, this is fantastic, this is the job I've always wanted, this is the position in that job I've always wanted, this is where I've always wanted my family, this is always what I've wanted to be doing, this is exactly where I dreamed I'd be at this moment in my life. That, that may be you, and that's good. But someone could be wrestling with where they're at right now. I'm not happy at work. I'm not happy with my position at work. I'm not happy with, with where the family's at right now. I'm just not happy. How many of us would like to trade places with someone like Hosea? 60 years of it married to a prostitute who will be unfaithful to you repeatedly throughout the process. I think if Hosea could be obedient, I can be obedient if I choose to be. And if you ever struggle with the role that God has given you, if you want to be obedient and accept that role with a good attitude and a good spirit and just say, hey, we're going to make the best of it, you too can be obedient if that's your heart's desire. But we have to want that in order for it to be accomplished. Now, again, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you'd wrestle with, what you'd struggle with, if you even need this at all. But just remember, God has a role for you. God has you where he wants you He wants you to be doing something, and it's up to us to be obedient to it, whether we're thrilled about it or not. Let's all stand and bow our heads for prayer tonight. Fathers, I come to you this evening. Lord, I hope the thoughts have been clear. I hope they are helpful. Lord, I don't, I don't want to get to a place in my life where I'm bitter, where I'm constantly upset because I don't like this role or this position or this place that you've got me in. 
And God, I would pray that each of us would have that same desire to avoid that bitterness, to avoid that discontentment. God, would you help each of us to realize, each of us who may struggle with this, would you help us to realize that you've got us here for a specific reason? We just need to fall in line and do it and, and just be happy with it. Lord, would you speak to our hearts tonight? Would you help us in Jesus' name? Amen.